Tappers, what's up? It is the Tuesday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope you're doing well. We are back from our hiatus. We are going to talk about my conflicted relationship with college football. We are also going to talk about the Badgers' surprising choice at running back. We are also going to chat about Brewers Giants at the very end. Corbin Burns continues to make that case for the Cy Young Award in the National League. Before we do that, though, obviously, um, I've been gone for a few days. Uh, got myself married on Saturday to now my lovely wife, Morgan. Me. Hi. Uh, shout out. Uh, but yes, I thought that I would have a little more time to get a bunch of things in place. A couple evergreen podcasts on Thursday and Friday. Um, a few blogs here and there, but what you don't realize is you just become swamped with stuff to do leading up to your wedding. And for anyone who is getting married uh, soon, uh, you will have to deal with that too. Maybe you, those who did get married, you can probably feel that pain as well, where that Wednesday through, even it started, I mean, it started probably that Sunday. It's just a sprint. Like all you're trying to do is make sure everything is in place. You're not forgetting anything. You are just checking off every box possible to make sure that everything runs smoothly on the day of. And so you don't necessarily have time to like just sit around. Like I I don't think I sat around really much from Wednesday to Wednesday to Friday evening, which was the rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal and then the rehearsal dinner. Like I, I don't think I did. And so I honestly, I apologize that we didn't do a lot more, but at the same time, like I, I should have just been a little more upfront about it. Like even I should have just realized that I wasn't going to have the time I thought I did and realized that this was kind of, cause I still needed to work out. Like I still needed to make sure my body was staying right for the suit and everything like that. And I, and I just should have evaluated that better. So obviously the next time I have a hiatus, hopefully at some point, Morgan and I are buying a house, and I've that would obviously cause a hiatus. That I'm a little more tra- not not necessarily transparent, but I'm a little more realistic, I guess, and saying like, "All right, I'm going to be out for four or five days." As much as like it pains me to have that happen, I just need to understand that that's that's part of it. Unless we have somebody who wants to jump in during those times. Now, and I'm not like that's not a passive aggressive thing at Mitch because Mitch was involved in the wedding. Murph was involved in the wedding. Like those guys didn't have time either. Um, so if you are someone who listens and maybe you do not necessarily have that relationship with me, which you have the relationship of being a loyal listener and you have some experience writing, podcasting, even, um, you know, reach out. Like I, I'd be happy to talk to you about maybe an opportunity where I just have a backfill for those those big moments. Um, I don't know if I can pay you, but it's something that if you wanted to maybe just look good on your resume, you know, you want to, you know, bolster your writing skills, whatever it may be, or you want to get into podcasting, you know, maybe it be a potential. I think with podcasting and writing, I would need like samples. But it's a thought. And I've always said that. I don't advocate it too much because I don't have a lot of those times where I'm not available. Um, so it's at, uh, my email is still snowtap12 at Gmail. I got to fix that. That's on the to-do list of like 
the final little transitions for Captain the Keg. I'm hoping by the end of this week, we kind of get that, get a new email out to people. Um, but it's going to be hard to kind of switch your email. I don't know if Google allows that. Like if Google allows me to change it so that people, it stays in people's contacts, I, I have no idea. I gotta look into that um, because that's that's definitely gonna be uh, gonna be a challenge. But yeah, so tap twelve, or you can drop me a line, DM me, um, Twitter or Instagram, having the keg on Twitter, having the keg sports on Instagram or on TikTok. I guess if you want to do it that way, having the keg sports there. TikTok did by the way was blowing up as I was as I was ex- heading into my hiatus. Like great numbers there, and that was that was really nice to see. But Yes, I apologize to you guys. Um, I know you guys are like, Charlie, we don't care. You got married. It means a lot. You know, you guys are all happy for me, I know. But at the same time, I do still feel bad that I left you in a desert. We'll have content all week um, on social as well as in terms of getting, making sure that we have podcasts. Well, podcasts starting today might be a little bit in terms of a later start just because of the Giants and Brewer series. That goes until probably midnight each night. Mitch and I will get in the booth at one point to do a podcast this week. I don't know if we'll wait all the way till Thursday because of the Brewers Giants series. We might. Um, I think that's kind of where I'm going. And we'll do Tabbing the Keg Thursday night, kind of a preview uh, for college football, Badgers, Penn State. We'll also, I'm sure, talk about the Packers and what that 53 man roster looks like, um, along with some other stuff. Um, Bucks win over under wins are out. So maybe talk a little bit about that as well. I think that sounds like Mitch and I's show for Thursday. So you can look forward to having the keg probably as your Friday show to take you through. And then we will have a Sunday and Monday show, Labor Day, kind of recapping what happened with the Badgers this weekend, as well as anything else that comes comes across the wire. But let's get to our first segments of the day and get into today's Daily Tap. Before we get started, uh, I just want to quick note that we are... Brought to you by Play Action Pools. Um, Play Action Pools is a new partnership that we are doing as a podcast. Um, I talked about it on the blog today. Um, We have an NFL contest as well as a college football contest that you can enter. They're both against the spread. They cost you no money to enter. Um, I will be giving out cash prizes based on the size of these pools. So if a lot of people enter, um, we will increase that. Um, My floor is $50, Um, but I need to see how many people are in there and then kind of percentage it out and say, all right, this is how much money we're going to give. So stay tuned on that. I know that's kind of like, Charlie, why can't you just put a number out there? It's like, well, if it's five people, I don't want to be giving out $250. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't. Um, I don't think that's that's worth it. Um, I'll give fifty dollars to the winner, um, which I still will. If we get as long as we get like five people, I think that's where I'm. That's kind of my floor in terms of a contest. Um, and hopefully, you guys want to sign up. I think it's really a cool site. Um, they did a great job with it. Um, I know Office Pools. It's so hard to find a website where you can do that sort of thing. And that's exactly what Play Action Pools gives you guys. So one of you guys to check it out. Hopefully you guys do. If you want to set up a pool with your own uh, own group and you do not want to u- go through us, um, we do have a promo code in terms of that. It's TTKEG dot or TTKEG is our is the promo code where you can knock that in and get that all handled. So we'll talk about that all week, uh, but make sure you check that out. 
All right, college football. So college football, we've spent a lot of time on other things, but I want to talk about my weird relationship with college football. Part of me wishes I went to a big-time school. I talk about this pretty frequently once college football season starts rolling around. Um, I was One of the people I was talking to at my wedding was my cousin's fiancé who went to Virginia Tech. And I, you know, I know that Justin Fuente is on the hot seat there at Virginia Tech. I know that the fan to team relationship isn't as great as I think it used to be. And, you know, he talked about how hard it is to replace a legend like Frank Beamer, which he's absolutely right on. But I also mentioned to him, like, ah, dude, it's really hard for me to cheer for a team in college football because I don't have a team. It's, you know, I, I hope Eau Claire does well. I played there, obviously, for two years. But I don't really keep up with the WEAC, and I'm not, you know, every week glued to my TV watching WEAC football. In fact, I don't even know if I can watch WEAC football every week. I'm sure I could find it on, on my computer, but I don't care that much, right? And my relationship with the football team was limited because I only played two years. And then I sort of broke away, and a lot of my football teammates, while we still follow each other on socials, were not really, like, close friends. I don't have a, a close friend from the football. Well, Seth, my, my buddy, but I don't even consider Seth a, a football team member. Seth and I were more outside of the football realm than we were than we were inside the football realm. He came to Eau Claire because of football, but Seth and I were more friends outside of that realm. And he was he stood up at my wedding. So I don't I don't include Seth in that conversation. Um, but regardless, it, it just doesn't mean that much to me. So then there's Wisconsin Badgers, and they've always kind of been my team of sorts. I will admit there were there have been years where it hasn't totally affected me that the Badgers lose and where I just it, it doesn't bother me. Like last year was one of those years where I was like, you know, it's a pandemic year. It was a really weird year. Graham Mertz goes out immediately with COVID, and it it just it wasn't the year I think I expected it to be for the Wisconsin Badgers. I think there was a lot of hype around them. They certainly did not live up to it. Um, they had a lot of problems. Took a big step back, but I think a lot of it had to do with the youth of the program at the point, and that said, all right, well they're a year away, and this is a quote unquote rebuilding year for Wisconsin. They don't have many of them. But I don't think a lot of fans are going to lose patience with what Wisconsin is doing. But I'll, I'll admit that it didn't really affect me too much. And I do have years where I get really invested in it. I can remember the 2011 year with Russell Wilson and J.J. Watt and the Hail Marys were gut-wrenching. I can remember I was at you know where I was for both of those, one at my house, one at some random party. Uh, and I, I just remember that season very well. Um, you know, the other, there are other years that are like that. Um, but at the same time, again, it doesn't like ruin my week if the Badgers lose. It, it sucks. I, I hate it. And it's, I think it's worse when it's compounded with a Packers loss. I think that's where it gets bad, right? When it's like, gosh, Badgers loss, Packers loss, like shit, shit week coming, right? Like you're just like, this Monday is going to blow and this week is going to suck. But it's a weird relationship, mostly because I'm a Marquette basketball fan. Like, I like Marquette basketball more than I do Wisconsin football. I, If you had to tell me, I had to choose. Like, if a gun was to my head, I would say Marquette basketball over Wisconsin football any day of the week. I also, like, don't think it's weird to wear a Minnesota Golden Gophers shirt. Now, my sister went there, so there's a relationship there. But, like, I wore a Golden Gophers shirt 
uh, I think did I go grocery shopping in it? Yeah, I went grocery shopping in it and I walked my dog in it. Now it was like a hockey style and it was from our friends at, at Homefield who are great and I love them and would love them to be a sponsor. So I didn't have to pay for all this shit. But I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Like that doesn't bother me. I have a bunch of college shirts. Like I have a ton of SEC shirts from them and I have a bunch of big teams and, and like there's no like, loyalty where I'm like I'm fine wearing any of these shirts like my friend and best man Doze is a huge Badger fan and I I came to uh have drinks and dinner with him a couple weeks ago and I was wearing a Florida Gators shirt he's like what are you doing wearing that and I'm like ah it doesn't matter it's just a vintage shirt just want to wear it but I still care like that's the thing like I I don't want to like lose sight of the fact that I I still care like I still give a shit even though I might not think it's weird to wear these type of things. I wouldn't wear the Golden Gopher shirt on a game, like on a Saturday afternoon, okay? Like, I wouldn't do that. Because I, I do think it'd be weird. I've thought about this because I had an interaction at Total Wine um, last weekend, or last week, where I was wearing a Texas A&M shirt, and someone started talking to me about Texas A&M, and I was like, fuck, I don't know anything, man. I'm just wearing a shirt, like... And I'm like, I can't probably wear a lot of these shirts on like a Saturday out. Like I can't wear, I just got a Boise State shirt. I just can't wear a Boise State shirt out on a Saturday, college football Saturday and not expect somebody to come talk to me and say, oh, did you go to Boise State? No, I just, I have a vintage uh, college sports subscription and it's a, I love the shirts and I just wanted to relax and have a few beers in the afternoon watching football. Um, so I, I, I kind of know that, right? And I have a Badger one from them too, which honestly, if we're in the trust circle, it's one of my least favorite ones. I, I almost gave it to Dillas. I was like, ah, I don't know. Should I just give this to him as like a bachelor, like thank you for the bachelor party gifts because it came out right around the bachelor party. I decided to keep it. But still, it, was, it, was, it wasn't my favorite one. Um, but again, like I realized that there, if, you, if you wear a shirt on a certain day, there's a loyalty about it, right? So I care enough to say like, all right, I'm not going to wear a Golden Gopher shirt out on a Saturday afternoon. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Um, but it's a lot similar to our guy Mitch who wears a bunch of hats. Like, he'll wear Padre hats out. And people will be like, oh, are you a Padre fan? Which is like, no, I just like the hat. It's kind of how I am. I just like the shirt. So, but there's a section of Marquette fans, though, who hate all things Wisconsin, which makes it really tough on me. I mean... It's kind of like part of the university to hate Wisconsin. If you went to Marquette, you hate Wisconsin. Like that's that's like in the bylaws. Just like you have to gra- to graduate from Eau Claire, you have to take a shit at the pickle. Like you have to hate Wisconsin if you go to Marquette. You can't kind of balance in between the two. Like either you're fully on board or you're just you just don't belong there. My now wife hates Wisconsin, doesn't want anything to do with them, doesn't really get too excited when Wisconsin games are on, doesn't really want to watch Wisconsin games during during the college football year. She will cheer against them, um, and she's just not going to cheer for Wisconsin in any sort of way. Now, there's a small section of people on Twitter, but I, who I interact, but they are who I interact with a lot who are Marquette alums, huge basketball fans, and part of that anti-Badger contingent. So I do wonder how they feel about my my relationship with the Badgers. Now, likely, they just don't give a shit. 
they're like, you're doing your thing and it is what it is. And if we really don't like it, we'll just mute your ass. I hope that's what they do. I would rather them do that than unfollow me. Because I do worry. I'm like, oh, they're going to unfollow me. And it speaks to social media in so many ways, right? It speaks to how we react to social media where we worry too much about what a few people think versus just doing what feels right to us, right? And 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 I love all those guys. I think that's the thing. Like, I really like interacting with them. Like, they're all great dudes. Like... It's all, they're very like nice to talk to. We talk to talk about a lot of stuff. It's not just market basketball. And so I like that they're part of my community on social media. So I don't want to upset parts of the community. And for a long time, I always thought of myself as a people pleaser. I'm not a people pleaser. Um, I misconstrue that word. What I am though, is someone who always wants people to have a good time, no matter who they are. And that is my ultimate goal. And, and like, I don't necessarily have it because I think from what I've got gauged from a temperature check for my wedding, everybody had a good time. But if one person I heard like didn't have a good time, I would immediately wonder if there are more people like that and then feel bad about it. So I, I myself like want to make sure that everybody is having a good time when they follow me on Twitter. But you do understand there's a mute button. There, there's a way you can rattle my cage too. You can talk shit. So I do wor- worry about that. But that being said, I'm going to worry less about them and even worry less about maybe some of my friends who are more on the Wisconsin football side and the Wisconsin basketball side. Today we are announcing that I will be doing reviews for Wisconsin football. And then I will be doing reviews for Marquette basketball. I don't know if I will do every game for Marquette basketball, just because, and maybe not every for Wisconsin, honestly. Um, but we will be doing reviews for both. Those are teams I root for. I don't root for Wisconsin basketball, so I won't be doing a review for Wisconsin basketball. Okay? I do cover them on the blog. We do talk about them on the podcast. Maybe there'll be some social media stuff we do with Wisconsin basketball. But I, and I do that for people who listen to me and who are a part of my community, again, who are part of the community. If, my community, for whatever reason, were, were just a fever pitch base of Marquette fans. Like, if that was like 25% of my base, I don't know if I'm doing anything with Wisconsin uh, football. Or So that's why I am trying to balance this. It's the hardest thing about doing this. And I know there are people like in Green Bay and Wausau and Platteville are like, dude, like we're fans of both. Like we don't give a shit. Like Do whatever you want. I still know that there are people who care. So reviews will happen for Wisconsin football, Marquette basketball. Now, what's going to happen when they're playing at the same on the same day? I will probably do whatever takes priority, whatever takes precedent. So probably Wisconsin football. Will it be awkward on the day of Marquette and Wisconsin if Wisconsin's in the Big Ten Championship? Yes. That will easily be the worst day. I probably will... Just not do a review. I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably do a Marquette Wisconsin review. That to me is more important. I might do both. It that to me, that's the worst day. And we can talk about that. That could be part two of this conversation. But I, I hope you guys understand like the weird relationship I have. I love college football. I'm so excited college football is back. I'm so excited we have a full year of college football. I'm excited 
for Ohio State, Minnesota on Thursday. Shout out to my guy Kramer, who just took a job with Minnesota, uh, going from Syracuse to Minnesota, loyal listener. Um, I, I'm pumped up for that game. I'm fired up for uh, Clemson, Georgia. I'm fired up for Miami, Alabama, UCLA, LSU, uh, Notre Dame, Florida State. Like they're a great game. Old Miss, Louisville. Like we got we got a lot of good football coming up this this weekend. And I, I can't wait. And people were like, my dad even mentioned it in his rehearsal there. He's like, well, Charlie loves Morgan because it's, you know, it, he's getting married on the first weekend of college football. And I wanted to yell out, like, that's week zero, man. Nothing matters. Um, it doesn't. I, I didn't think it mattered. I didn't really care too much. But I couldn't believe Nebraska lost. I didn't know Nebraska lost until, I think, yesterday. <laughs> I was like, wait, Nebraska lost? It's like that's crazy. I, I had I had Illinois plus the seven, but I didn't know that they won outright. That's crazy. But yes, so that's what we are gonna do. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this little peek behind the curtain. Let's go on move on to other things. So staying with the the theme of college football, the Wisconsin Badgers announced their depth chart yesterday for the first game against Penn State. And Ches Malarney, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, Mulnery maybe, uh, he is going to be the starting running back for Wisconsin. Jalen Berger will back him up. Uh, people are calling the combination of the two the Chesberger, which I love. I absolutely love if I was Culver's. I know Culver's is doing a little bit of NIL stuff. I would get all on board the Chesberger. Uh, which is great, right? Uh, so you'll have a combination of Ches and Jalen Berger. A lot of people are surprised that Chez won the job over Jalen Berger, but he had a really good camp. And he obviously showed the Wisconsin coaching staff enough to win the job outright. And now I don't think this means that he is going to be the bruising running back that we've seen in the past for Wisconsin, right? And where he's carrying the ball 30 or 35 times a game. Like I think it is going to be spread out. I do worry about that in a lot of ways it reminds me of like a quarterback controversy because it's like if you don't have one good quarterback or if you have two quarterbacks instead of one quarterback you have no good quarterbacks or whatever the fuck that saying is i feel like the same way is with that with running backs especially with how the badgers do it i think the badgers need to make sure there's consistency i think a lot of the problems of last season's running attack had to do with the lack of consistency with they're running backs. And it just seemed like they picked and choose when certain running backs were out there. I think the Badgers need to make it a point to say, all right, we're going to run Chez for two possessions, three possessions. And then we'll we'll give him a breather and go, go to Berger. And we'll use Berger for two possessions. But it can't just be one and one. I, it really can't. I, I just, I think that's not going to be helpful. And I, I have to think Paul Christ is going to learn from some of those mistakes, right? Those, though, to me, that was one of the biggest mistakes of last year's team is that there was no consistency with what we saw out of that running attack. Now they have three running backs in Berger, in Molnari, in Isaac Guerrero. Like those are three running backs. I don't know if they're good running. I think Molnari and Berger are good running backs. I don't know if Guerrero is. They also have Braylon Allen, who's a massive human being. And I do think there is a part of this where these guys are just holding a seat for Braylon Allen. Like Braylon Allen, I think, will be starting probably mid-October, maybe early November. Like I do think Braylon Allen will have a 
role on this team and will start kind of working his way up the depth chart as we go. Um, it's not uncommon to see a, a freshman running back kind of break through for Wisconsin. Has happened years before. Ask Monte Ball, ask Ron Dane, ask some of the Badger greats. They've had really strong freshman years for Wisconsin. So don't be surprised if this happens again. But yes, I think they're going to do a balance. They just have to make sure the balance is the right cadence and speed. And it's going to be really hard for me, and I know Mitch and I will probably get into this, and I'll talk more about college football as the week goes on. It's going to be really hard to sort of gauge what to expect from any team, at least early on. Because 2020 was such a weird year, especially in the Big Ten. You had no fans. You had COVID issues up the ass. You had a shortened season. How much do you really know? In a lot of ways, college football, parts of college football are very similar to Major League Baseball. Remember, the Brewers were not a good team last year. Even though the Brewers won or got to the playoffs, they were 29-31, and 31, remember, and they couldn't hit worth a damn. They were pitching okay, but good, not great, and had some nice pieces. Devin Williams was awesome. He was one of the best pitchers that we saw last year, won Rookie of the Year. But they were not that good. And similar things can be said for the Badgers. And now I don't like doing cross-sports comparisons, but it is very possible that we could see a Brewers-like year from the Badgers where they have a really good season because they're just they're a little older. They are back to a full crowd at Camp Randall. Camp Randall will be loud as hell on Saturday. Um, I think it's going to be full of fans. I think what some people are undervaluing is the the home field advantage. We saw this a little bit in EPL and in soccer. Um, the, the first few weeks, if you look at like what the home team did versus the away team, it's drastically different than 2020. And it wasn't just about who is the better team on the pitch. It was what team not only was good, but also who had a little bit of the home field advantage. And I think you're going to see that a lot in college football for the first three weeks or so. Ohio State, Minnesota, for example, the spread is 14 right now to Ohio State. I think a lot of people like Ohio State at that number. I do not because, look, it's a young team. They're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They're a young team, though, and it will be a packed TCF stadium. First time with fans in two years. There's going to be a loudness to that. And so I expect Minnesota to keep it close, especially in the first half. And Vegas will get smart about this, right? Like they always do. But maybe early on, there is some time to take advantage of that. So this could be one of those examples. So I don't want to discount the fan support for Wisconsin. And I also don't want to discount the fact that it was a really weird year and that they didn't have a lot of guys because of COVID because they had an outbreak early in the season after they kicked the shit out of Illinois. And it looked like Wisconsin was like, all right, here we go. It's going to be a great year. They're going to compete for the playoff, everything like that. And then it it didn't amount to that. And it was a really disappointing season. That was the high watermark for the team. And then after that, it completely fell off. So we'll, we'll have to see what Wisconsin looks like. Penn State, 
really tough start to their season. Same with Wisconsin, really. I mean, Penn State plays Auburn um, in State College. Um, Badgers obviously have Notre Dame. So they, they, these two teams both have big games early on. And we'll talk a little more about Penn State as we get closer to it. But this is not an easy way for Wisconsin to begin the season. And if they can start off on the right foot, they can kind of propel them for the rest of the year. But unfortunately, playing a, a team as good as Penn State leaves very little room for error. I know we mentioned the Brewers. Speaking of them, they had their first game against the San Francisco Giants this week in a huge four-game series. The Milwaukee Brewers were able to beat the Giants 3-1. to one. Corbin Burns was excellent. Uh, he pitched six innings. He allowed only one run. He struck out nine batters. He continues to build a very strong case for why he should be the Cy Young Award winner. Now, Walker Buehler is going to get a lot of love, but if you look at the advanced metrics, your FIP, your Sierra, Corbin Burns is the easy answer. Corbin Burns is the guy that you want to be the Cy Young this year. Now, will everybody use that? I do think baseball is a little smarter than at the NBA in terms of voting. I don't think it's just immediately because a guy plays in a major market means he wins the award. I think Corbin Burns has a real case and hopefully he can continue it. And last night, going into San Francisco, granted, they didn't have a full house, but they had a loud house. And he went in there and just dominated them. He silenced the bats early and often. He, I think he had five strikeouts through the first three innings. Like He set the tone immediately for that game, and it was a really good win for the Brewers. They held on. You know, the Giants keep coming at you. They are terrifying down the stretch. Like, no one is scarier to deal with than the Giants in a close game. They just have a ton of bats. Like, they just keep swinging. They keep trying to make contact. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, who struck out twice looking, which is crazy. But it speaks to what Corbin Burns and Devin Williams are able to do. And... But still, they keep coming at you. They came at, you know, Chris Bryant had a double on Josh Hader to lead off the ninth inning. And then Josh Hader was able to shut down the Giants for three straight batters, which is great. But still, like, every inning you're on edge with the Giants. And I don't know if that's the same with the Dodgers. In a weird way, this Giants team, I don't know if I've said this on a podcast. I think I did with Mitch. So I apologize for repeating myself, but... This Giants team reminds me a lot of an old school Cardinals team. Like it reminds me of the Cardinals teams of 2011, right? Where they just kept coming at you. That no lead was safe. They could beat you with home runs, but they could also beat you with just base hits and and just timely hitting time and again. Now, the Brewers are catching the Giants at a good time. The Giants have some injury issues. Evan Longoria is on the DL. Um, you also have Donovan Solano on the COVID IL, another good hitter for them. And then on top of that, Johnny Cueto and Alex Wood just got added to the COVID IL. Both of those guys were the starting pitchers for yesterday's game and today's game. So the Brewers are catching the Giants at the right time. I'm not going to apologize for that, okay? Like they, Giants fans could say, oh, well, the Brewers caught us at a bad time. And I was, I'll kind of be like, look, that's bullshit because... The Brewers, the Brewers had a COVID issue and all they did was keep winning games. Sometimes it's just who you're playing 
at that time. Do I think the Brewers would have been successful if they had to deal with like the Giants and Reds during that stretch? No, I don't. But still, and like we don't have Willie Adams. We're gonna get him back. We don't have Eduardo Escobar. We don't have Tyrone Taylor. Like we don't have Frey Peralta. Like the Brewers are just as wounded right now as the Giants. So I I really don't want to hear that. Um, so we'll see. But the Brewers right now are four and a half back of the Giants for the best record in baseball. It's unlikely I think the Brewers are gonna catch either the Giants or the Dodgers for the best record in baseball. I think that is okay. I don't think that's going to be a major issue. I think settle with the two seed. At some point, the Brewers, with them now 10 games up on the Cincinnati Reds, you have to start thinking about, okay, when we clinch, the ideal scenario is the Brewers clinch two weeks early. And then there'll be a lot of discussions about, should you rest guys? Should you do that? I will say full-throated, they should absolutely rest dudes down the stretch. If they are in that two seed comfortably, you rest everybody. Because guess what? A lot of these guys are are over their limits of pitching for the year and for their career. So I think you want to make sure that they are ready for the postseason and that their arms don't die out. I think Aaron Ashby, who if we had a show yesterday, we would have talked a lot about how Aaron Ashby is the next one. And how the Brewers could have this ridiculous rotation next year of the three guys who we've seen add in Ashby and then also add in Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer. Take your choice. I think those guys will battle out for the fifth spot. And I would say Hauser probably has a, I would say a, a leg up. We'll not, we'll not say it's like two legs up, but he has a leg up over, over Lauer. That's a ridiculous pitching staff. That is like 90s brave shit for the Brewers. And that's crazy because Aaron Ashby was really good on, on Sat Sunday. So the Brewers just keep keep doing this, man. And Aaron Ashby, who knows? Maybe Aaron Ashby kind of ascends. Like if I'm Brett Anderson, I need to pitch well well on Wednesday. Because Brett Anderson keeps getting hurt. He's had some issues this month. It's not been a good month for Brett Anderson. He needs to be good. This needs to be a good start for Brett. And he needs to show like that he, he belongs. Because I could make a case maybe that Aaron Ashby should be a starter for them down the stretch. And he will get some time, obviously. And maybe you could get Ethan Small back. Ethan Small had a finger injury. I know he's just starting rehab. be awesome to bring Ethan Small up in September and get all these guys the looks. But yes, just got to stay focused. We don't know who's pitching tonight for... Uh, the Giants, as mentioned, you know, Woods out with COVID. So you have you have Brandon Woodruff against an undecided tonight. Again, I think this is one you need to take advantage of. If anything, even if you don't win, work on that bullpen because that bullpen is going to be strained down the stretch here in this four-game series. So if you would love to win tonight, because if you win tonight, you're kind of in house money for the rest of the the rest of the two games. Because you've taken you've now had a split of the Giants. Worst case, it's a split. Best case, you do three of three. Really best case, you have a four-game sweep. I still remember when the Brewers got hot. Was this shit? Was it the 2000? Was it 2011? The Brewers swept the Giants in San Francisco. The Giants were very good that year. And the Brewers swept the Giants in San Francisco. They just got Ray Durham. That had to be the 2011 team. And that was an awesome start where the Brewers just got red hot for uh, like two weeks. I'd love for history to repeat itself here and for the Brewers to wrap up that division by mid-September. That would be great. 
We'll be back, obviously, tomorrow. We'll talk more about Brewers and Giants. Um, We'll have the 53-man roster for the Green Bay Packers, so we'll talk a lot about that and anything else that comes through. Happy to be back. Happy to ride with you guys again. I hope everything was okay not having me for a couple days. I'm sure you guys were okay with it. I appreciate all the love and support. Have a great day, Tappers, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.